part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Isn't it always amazing when uh, something that starts out just kind of etching, you're going, okay, what is that going to be? And, and uh, all of a sudden it starts to take shape and form and comes together. You know, the story of the Bible is a lot like that. The Bible is probably one of the most overwhelming books to a lot of people. They're just in, you know, kind of look at it in big words and places that they've never been, maybe concepts they've never thought of, and they get overwhelmed with that, and they don't see the simplicity of it. Well, sometimes, you know, that coming of Christ is the same way. In the Old Testament, we begin to see Christ and the mention of Christ as soon as Genesis chapter 3 when there was the fall in the garden, Adam and Eve, they rebelled against God. They sinned against God and there was this falling away and they got punished and they got put out of the garden. And when that fall of man came and there was that separation between a holy God and a, and a rebellious and sinful people, you know, you think, well, maybe that's the end of the story. Maybe that's all. And yet that was just maybe the first parts because right in Genesis 3, the Bible already begins to tell us that there's going to be this, this one that comes that God is going to bring victory over, not just Satan, but sin, death, and the grave. And throughout the Old Testament, we begin to see that. I've got some kids that are going to help me this morning. I'm going to come in and read. This is actually from, uh, this first part is from the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you've ever wanted to just kind of find a, a Bible for your kids that is Christ-centered, gospel-centered, great, great Bible. And would you read to us, what, what it said there about having to come out of the garden and when Adam and Eve were leaving the garden, what, that's, uh, what God told them? Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come and rescue you, and when I do, I'm going to battle against the snake. I'll get rid of sin and the dark and the sadness you let in here, and I'm, I'm going to come back for you, and he would. One day, God himself would come. Thank you, Emma. I appreciate that. He did. He, he said from the very beginning, okay, you, you caused this. This is a separation. But I'm going to send one that would rescue you. And from out the, uh, throughout the Old Testament, we begin to see this storyline develop. If you really want to take the Bible and just kind of make it into the, the four easiest ways that you can understand there was God's creation and all of his perfection, the fall and the rebellion of man, where we fall away from that perfection that God intended, and then the whole rest of the story is the restoration. Uh, I mean, the redemptive work of Christ leading to the restoration. When you look at the Bible that way, every part of that story fits into that simplicity. God's creation, our fall, him sending a rescuer, a redeemer to redeem us out of our sin. And then one day, a final restoration that's going to come. Sometimes in the Old Testament, we would see broad strokes of that prophecy and other times just really little fine strokes. I'm always amazed at somebody who truly is artistic, how they can draw, you know, I can do stick figures and you would tell that it was a stick figure. You may not be able to tell if it's man, woman or whatever, but just all the broad strokes, but then those finer points that he puts there to give it that, that level of definition. And that's what God did in the old Testament. I'm going to ask who has Isaiah 7:14. Here's one of the prophecies from the Old Testament when God began to kind of shade in and color and direct us to this rescuer that was coming. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin that's, that shall conceive a bear of a son shall call his name Emmanuel. Fantastic. And Isaiah 9. 
It has a nine, Isaiah 9, 6. Okay. Another one of the prophecies. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And what about the Micah passage? Who has that? You know, those broad strokes. He's going to be a wonderful counselor. But even predicting where he was going to be born. What does it say in Micah 5 two? The Lord says, Bethlehem, you are one of the smallest towns in Judah. But out of you I will bring a ruler for Israel, whose family line goes back to ancient times. Amen. Then we get to the New Testament. We see the birth of Christ. We see those familiar Christmas stories that we're going to look at over the next month. We're going to go through each of the Gospels and find that story of Christ. But it's only when we see the story and the life of Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his death and burial and resurrection, that we get the fullness of what God really meant when he was going to send us this rescuer. But then the Bible begins to tell us in the New Testament, when they saw all of that happen in Christ Jesus, they were able to piece, kind of like this picture, all the pieces together and really begin to see that picture come into being. That's Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Paul was able to write that. And he said, you know, now that I reflect back, I see these Old Testament prophecies and I see all of this going on. He said, now that I've seen the life of Christ, he didn't witness it you know, himself. But as he heard those stories and saw the life of Christ before him, he was able to say in the fullness of time, at the perfect time, God did all these things. Peter reflected in the same way in First Peter. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Isn't that amazing? He said, before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. This isn't plan B. This isn't something God is reacting to. God never reacts. God is sovereign in all of his ways. And so he, he loves us and he, he plans before even that first sin that there's going to be a redeemer. And he says in the fullness of time it was going to come. And in this day, he said, you were able to witness that. But folks, that's not all the story. Many of you may be familiar that this is the first Sunday of Advent. It's a season that kind of looks forward to the coming of Christ. And in that, we're, we're anticipating the return of Christ. Because even though we've seen Christ come, live his life in a perfect way, die as a sacrifice for us so that we can have redemption through him, we know that there's a part of the story that has not yet transpired, and that is the restoration of all things. That Christ is going to come back, and he will call us as his family. All that have put their faith and trust in him, he will call back, and we will be with him forevermore. And everything that was broken by sin will be stored by the power of God and the work of Christ. Here's what Christ told us in this Advent season, in this Christmas season. Since we are able to have the benefit of looking through the fullness of the Word of God and we have the very Spirit of God now to help us to understand these things, if you're going through something really challenging this Christmas season, know that God not only sent this rescuer, but one that would restore. And while we might not see that full restoration right at this moment, He is going to restore can you come and read this last part? It's the words of Christ. 
It's what he said was going to happen what he, for us not to fear. And why is that, Q? Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. <coughs> Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And that where I am, you may be also. We've seen a lot of the Bible come true. We've seen the fullness of Christ's word. And yet there is still a final chapter. And yet God has told us exactly how that chapter is going to transpire. He's told us not the day or the time, but he said, I will come back. Because where I am, I want you to be there. And I love that part of Revelation says that God will be our God and we will be his people. We love being a people. Whether that's a people that together roots for a college football team, whether it's a a people that assemble themselves together at a church and they call themselves a church family. We love to be a people. And God said that one day, all those who have put their faith and trust in the finished work of Christ will be a people. And that's where we can rejoice. So in this Thanksgiving season, as we head into Christmas, and this first Sunday of, of uh, Advent season, I pray that we will just really take to heart that promise that God has given us. That we're able to look at a picture like this and see that every bit of this was not a reaction of God. Everybody, every bit of it was purposed by God. Every bit of it. Uh, direct it toward us so that we might know him. Let's pray together today. Father, we love you. And Father, I thank you for those that you've given uh, talent like Carrie. Father, I thank you for their heart to use that talent, not just to, to go out there and be in business for themselves, and, but Father, that they would uh, be in the business of sharing the gospel and the hope that we have. Father, I thank you for the incredible talent that able to take just simple chalk and paper and put a whole picture before us. And Father, I thank you that you have, from the very beginning, told us that there was going to come a day that, Father, that you would send a rescuer for us. And Father, I would imagine that there are some here this morning that truly need, Father, a rescuing in their heart and their life. And I thank you that you have fulfilled that through Christ. And Father, I pray that your spirit would reveal that to their heart. And that, Father, they would put believing faith in that today. Father, for all those that are believers this morning, what a promise you've given us. That, Father, one day Christ will return. And, Father, that we will be gathered all together into the family of God. And, Father, that we will on that day be your people. We're already your people, but, Father, we'll know the fullness of that. So, Father, in our struggles and the challenges of this life, where we see things just kind of dimly through a glass, Father, thank you that you revealed to us the truth of your word. And just like this picture, Father, a little bit here and a little bit there, shading here, a line there, a little bit of a highlight of a color there. And, Father, all of a sudden we see the fullness of the gift of Christ. Father, I pray that we would just use this time and to reflect, Father, that you would lead us to to, to the altar and that we would come before you, Father, this day in worship and in praise and in appreciation, Father, of all that you've done for Christ. We love you, Father, and we thank you as we pray this through his name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www 
www.cornerstone.org or find us on Facebook.